Hey everybody, Chris here. Until uh, until the show does become a live show, which who knows if that will ever happen, the easiest, best way for um, you to get involved with the show, and I'd love it if you did, is to call our number 507-556-7271, which is also KNS, KLNSBR1, and um, leave us a voicemail. It's a Google voice line. You can leave a voicemail. You can have a question for us individually, collectively about our recovery, your recovery. Um, you can leave quest- questions and comments about past guests, future guests, you know, follow up on their episodes. And uh, yeah, we'd love it. We'd love to um, incorporate more voices into the show. So 507-556-7271 is how I'd prefer to get this information um, or whatever you, whatever it is you have to share. Um this episode we're starting with, and I apologize to Jeff, a.k.a. DMB is my sanity on Twitter. He left a DM Twitter question uh, almost a year ago, and he's going to be the first, uh, the first question we uh, address at the end of this episode. So thanks. I hope you enjoy it. Veronica Valley was a complete delight to have on the show and uh, just a great guest. So uh, enjoy the show and give us a call. All right. The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast. The podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R and SinceRightNow.com. With your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Hello. Hey, Veronica. It's Hi. Chris, and Jeff is here with me, and Matt's on his way. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. I'm really good. I'm so glad that you're on. Me too. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so sorry. I got like carrying like all these reasons I had to cancel. I know. <laughs> I think we canceled. Too. Yeah, I think one was, was at least cancel. one was. I know that this is the fourth, and at least one of those was me. And so, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I was going back through the whole email chain. At, at some point, I'm just like, it'll. You know, when it happens is when it. You'd yeah. be right, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. I just thought it because you were a celebrity and you're like, whatever. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm just like so busy being like doing celebrity things Stuff, in my right. house with my two little children. <laughs> and we, we met one of your children. Did That's you? right. I brought him to Washington. Yes. Which is so brave. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, I so so wanted to go. Yeah, and I was like, I can't because like Luke's six months, I can't leave him. I'm breastfeeding. Yeah, and then I was like, fuck, you know, women in the '60s yeah, right. would go and demonstrate and protest and just take their kids with them. Yeah. I can do it. You can do and it. And I just, thought, I'm gonna do it. And how did that decision? That did you ultimately think that worked out, or in hindsight, was it no? Like, it was it was great. Okay, I, yeah. I it worked out really well. Um, you seemed perfectly yeah, I, yeah, chill and yeah. At ease and fine, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, at least you know when we saw him. I know how. Did you say? Did you watch the whole show? How late did you stay to, at that show? I, you know, I left right before. Um, and I kind of wish I can. I did. Oh, who was the guy who closed from Aerosmith? Um, Steven Tyler. Yeah. Yes. Because it, it was running behind, and I yeah. really wanted to stay, yeah. and Luke was fine. It's just we had to get up really early the next morning, and I was like, okay, i got to go. Yeah. So I wish I could have stayed for him. You but, stayed. Yeah. That's pretty long. That's pretty, yeah. That's a rock pretty and roll deep. concert. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. some, somehow we, uh, we uh, I don't know, we, we, we bailed early. I think my only regret about all that is that it wasn't a, that we all didn't have the luxury of being able to hang out for I don't know, like a week, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, seemed quick. I think everybody sort of dreams of how, how do we get the, uh, the week long recovery conference going or something? Yeah. But although, I mean, we should totally, uh, it'll happen. It'll although, happen. Yeah. I know, uh, some people went to, and, and we were kind of planning on it very early on of going to the, uh, innovations in recovery and, um, San Diego, San Diego. That like uh, mm-hmm. you know, Anna and and uh, Nancy Carr were there, and uh-huh. uh, Matt of Addiction Unscripted. 
But anyway, um, it was it was terrific to to meet everybody in D.C. Um, to at least you know yeah. put real real people to you know Twitter avatars. We kept saying. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, so uh, yeah, um, welcome. You know, that's sort of, we dove right in. Yep. And um, for you know anyone that that isn't aware, you, you should be. Um, Veronica is sort of a recovery-friendly web OG. She's uh, OG. Uh, that's what we we were talking about. I mean, you were. You what does were, OG mean? Well, it's, it's, it stands for original gangster. Original gangster <laughs> girl. <laughs> it means like come back, on from back in the day. Yeah, um, like old school. From, like Love it. One of the original. <laughs> I mean, certainly from my perspective, when I when I sort of dipped my toes into this, um, I mean, you were there and and um, had a, you know just uh, it was a, a revelation when I found sites like yours that there were people um, doing so much so well um, and just sort of openly embracing and talking about recovery. Just I, I hadn't. I hadn't experienced that. Um, so, uh, you know, I thank you for being there and uh, it's thanks for, for coming on now. Yeah. Um, so uh, how, how did you when, and when did you um, get started with with the whole Veronica Valley projects? I mean, I know you have books and you have the site and. Um, yeah, well, everything was by accident, really. None of it was planned. Um, I so I'm com- just coming up in a couple of weeks on 16 years of sobriety. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. And um, so for you know, obviously I'm British, and in the UK, are you? I, is that what that was? I know, isn't little, it? Where are you from? London, South London. Ca- Cambridge. Cambridge, darling, so the posh posh party. Posh, that's very posh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Uh, and then I was a I, w- I was a therapist there for a long time. I uh, worked in a couple of rehabs. I I ran a rehab. I had a practice in Harley Street, and I just I loved um, loved being a therapist. Love mm-hmm. it. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. Love it. Love the process of just seeing people open up and and you know just move through all the stuff they've got to move through. And then I uh, finally met the man of my dreams and got married, mm-hmm. and he was an American, and we moved to America. And when... And this so, is all in sobriety. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been married six years now. We've been together about 10. Okay. And, um, well, two things happened. So when I, I moved here, I, I fell pregnant pretty much straight away, so I had my right. first child. Okay. Um, but also my qualifications just need to be up. I, I need to transfer them to an American qualification. So yep. I I haven't practiced uh, since I've been here. I've had some clients in, in London that I've kind of spoken to on Skype, but I've not, you know, had a practice or anything here. Right. And uh, so my husband kind of like, he was, you, you know, you have the best lines, you know, when I just would say stuff. He's like, you've got to write a book, you got to write books. So it was yeah. my husband that made me do it. Really? He kind of, yeah, mar- marched me to a book coach and said, she's got to write a book on alcoholism. Wow. <laughs> and I... And I kind of wrote it on and off for years, and then I had a friend who was a book editor, mm-hmm. and we, she edited it for me, which yep. was essential because yep. I'm pretty much illiterate um, <laughs> and dyslexic. And she, like, the first thing she did, like, the first cut, she literally cut forty oh percent. And she? I was like, that's I what was editors like, do, right? That's what good that's editors do. That's their job. Yeah. You know, I've I've come to realize I've come to realize that writing is all in the editing. It, and so many things are. So many things are. Isn't that funny? Absolutely. And I've done it. You know, like in film and TV, it is truly a lot is done in the editing room. It's funny that writing is like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I was kind of horrified, like an insulted, <laughs> yeah. and and then like, oh Every my god, word now is that precious. Yeah. I know, and I know. Yeah. Um, and I was so. Uh, now I look back and you know, God, I'm so glad she did all that. Yeah. And then, uh, then you know, a, this is a really, I mean, this book is a best-selling book, won lots of award. What's what's the title? Um, why you drink and how to stop? Why you drink and how to stop? And is this? And I've read what it's about but it's like what it's almost like it's a companion book to the big book but it's something it's a how-to book like where did you get this your husband's just like your your lines are really good put this together did you kind of know you had this to write you know what i'm saying well i i always 
I always got feedback that I kind of explained alcoholism fairly well. Yes. And I, I always kind of, I would read books and it was all very much the science-y kind of, I just don't yeah. do that. It was like, for me, it's always been a spiritual problem. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, people, would, you know, I work with clients and they talk about the drinking and I would go straight to the internal stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about fear. Um, for me, fear is the engine that drives alcoholism. Yeah. And um, let's talk about your feeling of a partness and that's, you know, lack of mm-hmm. connection, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and drinking is just a symptom, et cetera, et cetera, which we, you know, you guys know. Yeah. So but, but tell me, because I like, I love, I'd love to talk about this insight mm-hmm. that you found within alcoholism because there's the big book and it does its job really well. And you, you've, you're in recovery and you're reading other books and there's nothing that's explaining it as well as you have it. Right. And you have this background in therapy. So you must have just a base of human psychology. And so now this is where you're getting these insights for this, right? Well, yeah, and I'm I'm sure there's lots of books that explain alcoholism just as well, and I yeah. think different things speak to different people. So it's just one book of many, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, for me, when I got sober, I didn't relate to anybody when they spoke about their drinking stories because none of that stuff happened to me, and okay. I, I I just didn't identify. It was for me it was for when I first heard someone talk about fear mm-hmm. and how they had were frightened of anything and everything and nothing. And I was absolutely rooted to the spot because that was the first time anyone had articulated my internal condition because I truly thought I was the only person who felt like that. And that was the gateway for me. Once I was like, oh, my God, that's how I think and feel all the time. Oh, that's why I drink. Oh, that makes perfect sense now. So I've always articulated from kind of that, it, you know, internal, like, I, and then, then that's the kind of therapist I am. It's like, I want to get deep down and dirty. I really, really want to get to the core yeah. of, of, of it. I, I've never been interested in the surface stuff. I've always been interested in what's going on underneath. <laughs> and that's what I tried. My so you want to get to the, you want to peel back the layers of onion quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it. I want to yeah, and that's what I really wanted to try and do with with the book is yeah. to just explain that a little bit as well as I could, and mm-hmm. and then a little you know touch on what we need to do to get sober, and it isn't, you know, I think there's loads of great advice. I think it's all it's so valid. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my experience has been personally and professionally. If you don't deal with the core issues, you will use either a substance or behavior again to numb the pain of that yeah mm-hmm. and, and how so tell me if and, th- and we're kind of you're kind of telling us your program or what you found y- your book is this is all based on fear and you're trying to get people there and i think that's interesting because i think we all come in here with lots of shame and anger and all these other things but you're right over time you sort of figure out it's all fear-based right yeah, fear is so much of it, and I think I, I think just generally, um, you know, you, you know, not just regular people. I just think, and nobody speaks about this stuff, do they? Nobody says they're frightened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all we're pissed I mean, off. It comes out in so many different ways. Yeah, and you know, just like just. I mean, everybody has, to some degree or another, just the fear of what other people think about yeah, them. Yeah, right. Yeah, just, you know. Yeah. Or what's going to happen to yeah, free I mean, floating anxiety, anxiety is yeah. all fear based, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 nobody like we're all fronting that out. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and I just that just stuff almost killed me. And I can obviously I can spot it at twenty paces as well. You mm. know how the different ways that we try and hide and di- mm. disguise that and and. The incongruence of living that way is is enormously painful, and mm-hmm. emotional pain is like physical pain. It, it requires treatment. It requires anesthetic. Yeah. And, and then, is your way of getting sober is it a spiritual path? Is it hundred percent? Okay. Yeah. So it's a companion piece. What the what to do about it part? Yeah, and I, I kind of always like. I, I, lo- I love, like, when I work with um, other alcoholics, I always love the ones who are staunch atheists. I'm like, bring it on. Because <laughs> let me tell you, the spiritual stuff is so easy. Yeah. And it really doesn't need to be, you don't need to overthink it. It's well, just uh, dead simple. All right. Well, I, what I'm, about, I'm, what well, about wishy-washy apathies? Yeah. Let's, let's sell Chris on. Uh, <laughs> That's me. I don't even know what 
know what that is. Apatheist is just somebody that that's a, a word that I, I didn't even know there was a word for what I am until this uh, past year. And there's actually a word, apatheism, which is literally just uh, I just don't think about it. I don't really I'm not it doesn't concern me. Um, and uh, from a, a theological standpoint, which is significantly different than spirituality. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm a spiritual person per se, although people have told me I am, um, but so which is fine, but, but that's not how I think of myself and that's not how I talk about myself. Yeah. If I didn't have to talk about myself in context of anything else, I wouldn't even say a pantheism. I just would be who I am, if that makes sense. Um, so, but but, if you but s- somehow we do have to frame ourselves, it seems like, yeah. in terms of theism and whether you are or you aren't a theist. Um, and uh, anyway, so that's that's the a longer version that I intended to that's give. That's funny. Um, but but w- if we were doing a thought experiment and you were going to convince, if I was going to play the role of an atheist, what would you, <laughs> how would you go about this? How, how would I explain spirituality? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give it my best shot. Okay, so <laughs> so this is how I explain it. Is um, okay. So obviously we're all in different parts of the country, but just let's pretend you were right in front of me right I am. now. I'm going to channel you right now. Okay, and you know if okay, so just say you dropped down dead in front of me, which would be tragic. Yes. But if you did, I could still you know uh, touch your hand, and and that would be you. Yep. That would be Jeff. That would mm-hmm. be Chris. The part of you that makes you you has gone somewhere. Now, who knows where? No idea. Not got no, I don't know. That part of you that is essential, that makes you the Chris and the Jeff, that mm-hmm. your loved ones know, that essence of you, I think is a good way of saying it, the yeah. essence of you, has gone somewhere. So, are you with me so far? I am. Okay. Chris, so Chris, spir- hold on. The atheist. He's Chris. He's are you with me so far? About this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm <laughs> following you, but I, that doesn't mean. And and that bit of that essence of you could yeah. just have evaporated, Winked just gone. Out. Yeah. Yep. Just gone. Like a flame. Yep. Or yeah. it could be, you know, with Jesus, whatever, whatever <laughs> you feel, it's gone to whatever. <laughs> um, I have no opinion on that, to be oh. honest. Oh. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, um, but it, it's gone. We know it's gone. Once your body is there, but your spirit has gone. Right. So spirituality is just being good to that essence of you Mm -hmm. so for example i think like most of us you know first of all i realized alcohol cocaine pot drugs sleeping around gossiping just talking myself down Mm -hmm. i just realized all of that stuff didn't make me feel very good Mm -hmm. and so i stopped it and some of it i had to kind of you know took a while and yeah. and i just realized you know like oh uh been you know binging on food just makes me feel really shitty about myself yeah. i'm I'll do something about that uh actually you know uh, uh, doing something positive with another human being like my mother that makes me feel a bit better about myself mm-hmm. that's that's literally all spirituality is Ooh. is just being doing stuff getting honest yeah. and being good to that part of yourself now you know if that means if, if your truth chris is to go to church on sunday and praise the lord mm. go for it if it's to go for a walk in the woods and just appreciate nature go for it mm. if it's just to spend time with your kid go for it you know that's just all spirituality is mm. i also think just going on to the god word I think all of us who really, who have had that transformation in recovery, Mm -hmm. I just think it's really, I don't think that there's a, the words are so powerful and it's the meaning that we have. And I I always say to clients, the three most powerful words we have in our English language are the words mother, father, and God, Mm -hmm. because of the meanings attached to them. Mm -hmm. And the word God, it just kind of fits like this enormous transformational change that I wasn't able to have, I couldn't make happen in any other way. Yeah. It fits that the power of that word, but the meaning that's up to you. Hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I, I'm you like, can you sit with that? that? I can totally. That's amazing. So, I watch, do you ever watch Super Soul Sunday, Veronica? With all the, I've seen oh, it, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think what you just said for spirituality is a totally, that's, I've never heard it put that way. That's like such a fascinating insight. So, it's because I remember hearing a lot in, in AA, 
you know, building self-esteem is doing esteemable things. It's a very simple idea, right? But this mm-hmm. thought of being good to the essence of yourself, doing things that are good for that that thing is spirituality. What a powerful thought. Did did is that did where did you get that? Where did you find that? Just uh, somewhere. It just, <laughs> just came to you. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's anything like a, anyone really, has an original but, idea anymore. I'm sure yeah. I got it from somewhere. But, but it's really good, I did, right? It's so, just yeah. Really good to I, and I don't think that's what you're suggesting. I think you just yeah. meant what, what, what was the the yeah. epiphany or the, the revelation or what point and yeah. you know, where, where did it? I think it was, to be honest, Chris, it was working yeah. with people like yourself. Yeah. It was people who, and, and people who, even more, uh, people who have been very damaged by religion who, yeah. who were absolutely... Yeah. Fuck off with this spiritual stuff. I I'm want to just, clarify. I've, yeah. I haven't been touched by religion, <laughs> literally, but, you know, literally like, or figuratively. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people yeah. are when they get. But it. I mean, anybody who has any, just and England is such an atheist nation. Yeah. Just like, um, pretty much everybody yeah. who's like, right, you know, want to get sober, but the God spirituality bit, no, not doing it. Doesn't make yeah. sense. Don't. Yeah, it's awful. I hate it. You know, yeah. I'm like brilliant because i can sort that out yeah. this is what, what what you think it is is not what it is it's actually this and i would explain it and i don't think i've ever had anyone who's not who's been able to you know i think everybody's been able to say well i can sit with that yeah that, that's that's all right i can do that yeah. I, I, I you know and, and that's where you start mm-hmm. and i think people then go on to mm-hmm. you know it's a journey they'll mm-hmm. go to wherever that leads them but it, it's really about where it leads you yeah yeah, and That's I think good. I can appreciate that. I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. I think there's a thing about, yeah, taking care of yourself to the point. I think there's a thing about, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know where I'm going with that. But, I mean, I, I, the, the, I the point is to just start. All of that. Um, all of, all of, any way someone comes to, uh, being comfortable in their own skin and with the world around them, I think is, is valuable and powerful. Um, so. and, and my point being is if you're breathing, then you are spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's, I'm it. holding my breath. That's good. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not remotely. Um, and, and, and I mean, and Jeff can tell you this, I hope yeah. uh, I'm not an, an, an antagonist in any way of, uh, of, uh, you know, but but what Theism, you're saying is that spirituality. spirituality and believing in a power greater than yourself aren't necessary. I mean, just from what I hear you're saying, it that's. I think people get a lot hung up on this whole idea of God, right? They just can't help but make it about some kind of God somewhere. But here's the, here's and, the and you're not though. saying that at all. I'm not. Who? Veronica. Veronica's not. I don't think she is. And also, I'm. I'm not saying that. that that's yeah. why I love the word apatheist. Is I'm not hung up on it either. Anything. I mean, the, the flip side of that coin, though, is the is when people do get hung up, some the hung up on the the opposite side. Hung up that it has to be yes God for everyone. Yeah. When the but it, and I know in AA that that's the case that there has to be an acceptance of the higher. But power. but again, it's it's just again I think I Ooh. think that people do get hung up on it. The whole thing yeah. about high, higher power or God, or it, it really it's really for want of a better word. Yeah, but it that's would, all. It's I, like the transformational. That, yeah. I mean, I the transformational change was so powerful, mm-hmm. and it was outside of us. And you know, most of us have tried many different ways to fix the issues that we've had so we did you know some stuff be it the steps or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and we get this change it's like i for want of a better word this Mm -hmm. this kind of i did this stuff and this sort of powerful thing happened got those god just seems a good word to fit that but again it's like how you choose to what meaning you give that word is really really up to you and i'll be honest with you i I don't i don't know if you know i don't expect anybody to know other than the people that listen to this show and are tired of hearing it but you know i Mm -hmm. never i didn't set foot in it in the rooms until this past year um so you know 18 years of sobriety outside the rooms um and likely the biggest reason is simply my my social anxiety is why i didn't go um mm-hmm. that's that's the, the the foundation of why i didn't end up there and it, it my my sobriety continued to to happen <laughs> despite mm-hmm. never never stepping into the rooms 
Um, so you know, I barely understood uh, the steps at all. I think I knew about amends and you're supposed to apologize people that you did something wrong to. Um, and that's about it. Um, and I, I think I, you know, kind of did that. I th- Jeff and I went over it in early episodes, and he thinks I sort of stumbled into almost all the steps on my own. Yeah. And well, it's a transformational process, right. and it kind of has but, but the, the same beats. But the point is, the only one I knew was that I think I, that you were supposed to say sorry to people. Um, <laughs> and uh, but it, but my my point is this though: I, I genuinely believe, knowing myself, had I gotten into the rooms, I would have embraced the notion of higher power then um and only because i i don't i don't need to i mean i've i've gone to three meetings i don't know that i i'm I'm so interested in 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 participating in really (laughs) any of it but that that part of it wouldn't be a fundamental aspect of of my recovery to me now does that make sense or did I just yeah. like then I would yeah, have you know, I would have done, I would have I'm almost certain at that point in my life my maturity and my recovery which was fresh I probably would have embraced it and it would have become part of my recovery and and, and how I remained sober and recovered um, but I don't think it would be now and it you know, just hmm. but I think um, do we want to keep talking about HPs and no, I just was. I I'll like. I'll continue. I'll gladly do it. I no, just, no. I like. I just was. Yeah. I think this. I feel this, like I become the antagonist. I don't want to be. You. You have been, Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I. I like this whole. I was just yeah curious about the book, because I think you've yeah. written this book that's got, you know, it's this really provocative title, and I think you've tapped into something, and now you have a new book out, or a, you've written two books. What's the second one? The second one is called get sober get free and okay. is is an, a really kind of an accompaniment to the first book okay. um in that it contains a lot of questions to answer yeah i had a lot of people contacting me because i could kind of talk about you know in the book um you know you need to work on yourself you need to do you need to do some work and people are like well what's the work yeah and oh, i'm so like this well is the work this is the work yeah and uh, you know just for the record i, yeah. I you know, as we've kind of gone into the 12-step arena yeah. um I, I don't, AA doesn't own the conversation about alcoholism or recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's many, many, many valid mm-hmm. and different ways to get sober. Yeah. And, you know, Chris, what you did obviously worked. Yeah. And have you found um, that? Have you found since you've been around? I, well, I was always shocked that there were people that weren't in AA that were sober. And now that we've been doing this podcast, I realized how wrong I was because there's lots of people that recover in all different ways. Yeah. Obviously, I bet people have read your book and they've just done that, right? Or just like your book probably helped me get sober and I haven't gotten to recovery. But the, I mean, who knows? I yeah. mean, uh, I actually but, read a yeah, comment on your book that's, that by somebody just yesterday that uh, he said it's basically his his program. Yeah. Thing, which is fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, but that's the beauty of recovery, right? Yeah. That it's whatever one of us that's on this side of things can offer to help one person makes it worth it, right? Yeah. And, and but if you would you have some basic tenets of things that people have to do? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what are the, the have to do's to get sober? Is there any? Well, you have to get abstinent. Yeah, that's the first thing. Stop. Yeah, safely. So safely no abstinent. moderation or harm yeah, no reduction. moderation. No. Um, component. Uh, well, here's the thing. That's a good <sighs> people try. Um, that. I, yeah, I, here's the thing. I, I think there's, there's a lot of I think there's. Various groups. I think the two prominent groups are al- alcoholics and addicts. Who, who, um, which I, I'm in that group. I, I, I can't safely use alcohol or drugs in, in right. any way. Yeah. So I have to be permanently abstinent. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's other people who have who are using alcohol and drugs mm-hmm. um, in a in an addictive way to to deal with an issue. Mm-hmm. However, may may down the road you know be fine to drink or use again i've yeah. certainly seen those people but i do think to deal with the stuff they need to deal with they do need to be abstinent I do too. so they need to accept you know i, yeah. I suggest people do, do a year right. you know yeah. and but do some work right. do, do really look at the stuff that that's been you know you know and and then here's the thing everybody knows what it is i mean everyone knows you know that the, the stuff that's inside of them that they're running away from yeah get right. sober you know give it a year 
and you know get down and dirty with this stuff once and for all and you know maybe you'll be one of these people who's who can drink and socially and you'll be fine and, and maybe you won't but in a year's time you'll probably know and and i think a lot of people you know alcohol seems to uh lessen it doesn't seem to be attractive to them anymore mm-hmm. at the end of that mm-hmm. yeah and so what what's the work but the second book is kind of a companion piece that walks you through digging deep like what do you got to do What's the work? Well, gosh, it's various <laughs> different things. Um, so one of the first things I do is talk about um, internal and external un- unmanageability. And, and I know the steps talk about unmanageability. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, I think a lot of people, you know, there's external unmanageability, you know, drunk driving, getting arrested, falling over, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, but it's the internal unmanageability. That's what I related to, yeah. um, which was I had absolutely no dominion over my emotional life whatsoever. I had, I was a slave to my feelings and emotions, and I never knew how I was going to feel, and I, I never knew how to deal with my feelings. Yeah. So I talk about that, about we have an, our feelings and our emotions are an internal navigation system, and um, that's something we have to learn how to use. Mm-hmm. And once we do, then we're connected and plugged into ourselves and life is so much more effective when we can use our feelings and emotions effectively. Um, so it's kind of understanding those concepts, mm-hmm. uh, those concepts. And then, gosh, I mean, it's, it's really different for different people. You know, sometimes it's really looking at, um, family of origin, yeah. what our family of origin gave us, you know, I mean, the first thing is, I think there's a lot of stuff we have in our life that we've never challenged, you know, belief systems is right. a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we back up for a second and put yeah. that in context of, of your recovery? And, mm-hmm. um, and I know we've sort of bits and pieces have fallen in place, but when you came to this, you talked about you've, you've been, uh, what, what, what was your profession? Were you a therapist before you were in recovery? No. no, um, it's, it's kind of a funny story. It's how I got sober. Actually, oh. I was, um, I was, uh, so the Chris, I relate to you a lot. I had panic attacks were a massive part of my story. I used to have panic attacks all the time. Couldn't be in groups of people, mm-hmm. just couldn't do it. Would, would just always end up just what having to, you know, having a panic attack and having mm-hmm. to leave. So in my absolute, and I knew something was wrong with me, but I thought I had a rare mental health condition. So in my complete fucked upness and insanity, I um, there were so many jobs I couldn't do because mm. I just couldn't deal with people. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, being a counsellor is like one-on-one. I can do that one-on-one. I'll train to be a therapist. Nice. <laughs> clearly, right. clearly awesome. I have a lot to give away. And and the course that I, I enrolled in was an addictions counselling course. So I sat there after a while going... Huh. <laughs> so you had no idea when you enrolled in this that you might be an addict. Absolutely none. Isn't that that's funny? Hilarious. Looking back on that, yeah, I think that's it's crazy. hysterical. That I kn- no, I knew something was wrong with sure. me. I, there was no doubt about that. But because it was panic attacks and anxiety and depression, I thought it was that. And I also knew my drinking. I was kind of, you know, thought you know, I was twenty-seven. I mm-hmm. like, you know, shouldn't do cocaine. That's probably not a good thing. I thought, <laughs> I thought. Vaguely, I probably drank too much, but I was a binge drinker, and Mm -hmm. I always drank with people who drank the way I did. And we all had jobs and pretty much the entire British nation drinks. Exactly, basically, exactly. (laughs) They do exactly. It's awful. (laughs) It's so. I I didn't, you know, I was surrounded by mirrors who, you know, and and, you know, I had a job, I had a bank account. What's the problem? Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, I did that course, and it educated me, and stopped drinking sort of by accident really I just it wasn't it wasn't really deliberate it was a sort of vague well I'll not drink today and that turned into a week and then I went and sort of thought I'll go to a travel program to see what those people are like that'll be helping and it went from there really then you quit the cocaine and the rest of it yeah that's fascinating you sort of like backed into yeah (laughs) just didn't yeah, I, I yeah I look, but nothing about it was deliberate. I didn't have that like, yeah. oh my god, I need to go and get help with my drinking. Huh. I, I, and I stopped drinking, but wasn't you know I didn't uh, listening to people's stories didn't relate at all. Just didn't relate at all until I heard someone talk about fear. That was the first time I related. So there wasn't like a, any sort of crash and burn bottom, or I mean, it sounds like it was a relatively high bottom, where you sort of well, came I, at the right time. 
No, I would definitely not say that. I was suicidal probably for oh. 10 years. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, I, I had one vague kind of half-hearted attempt, yeah. but um, I I was on the edge, but okay. I was holding it together. So, mm. it, right. you know, define rock bottom. If it's sure. if it's jail, mm. if it's jail for some per one, you know, yeah. I, for me, it was like I if life continues to be this way, I'm going to have to kill myself. Yeah, that no, was uh, that's that's not a high yeah. bottom. I, that's misery. I completely yeah. re- relate yeah. to that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's exhausting yeah. and, and miserable oh, and so exhausting. Yeah, and how long be, when you? From the time you quit drinking and got sober, did you did you start to feel better? You know what I'm saying, mentally better, emotionally better. Did well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think first of all, when when you kind of drink and use the way that we do, after about a month of being sober, you feel brilliant. Yeah, cause right? Like you know, it's like oh my god, waking up in the morning, I was like, hello world, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just didn't realize I was permanently hungover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, and then kind of being part of a community, kind of finally understanding what the problem was, all of, you know, doing some work on myself, all of that was enormously helpful. Yeah. Um, and then I hit another rock bottom about two and a half years into sobriety that was probably worse mm. than uh, before I got sober. I, I didn't pick up. But I realized I was in big trouble when I was consciously deciding that I wouldn't kill myself that day. Wow. Yeah. And what was that all about? That was about romantic relationships. Finance and romance. Yeah. 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 And it absolutely brought me to my knees Mm. and really gave me the gift of desperation because when I was in that black hole, Mm -hmm. I I would have joined, done anything, anything to stop that pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's no, and you can't drink anymore. It's funny. I think I've been, I don't know where I started reading this, but it's, but love itself, the actual emotion, is c- c- gives you the same biochemical reaction as cocaine or whatever. Mm, like you become mm. it. It's as devastating. It's as emotion. You know what when I'm it's saying? Removed. It's like yeah. You can hit as just yeah. as big a bottom with that, yeah. right? Yeah, and I've been working on a theory here, and this is I've got. A, I'm working on another book purely about relationships. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about it, mm-hmm. and um, I'm. I, I realized I, c- I really couldn't have written this book until I became a parent and, mm. and really started just reading mm. a ton of parenting books about child development, all that kind of stuff. And because when I, my cycle was, you know, I would get into a relationship, it would be wonderful, it would be everything, you know, just da, 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 then it would, um, then I would be rejected mm-hmm. and I would go into a black hole of despair, of yep. literally suicidal despair. Yep. I just couldn't, I was so, it, it was just awful. And, you know, like you said, without alcohol or drugs, the pain of that was just beyond I couldn't carry on living you know that's why I was making I was about 30 I thought I can't live 50 you know and people say to me oh you know you write a list of everything you're grateful for and I had so many so much in my life that I didn't have before but Mm -hmm. I just thought I can't live 50 years with this black burning hole inside of me it's so painful so here's my theory is the reason I felt like that is um uh, what I, I I thought I was looking for love, and it was the rejection of love that was causing the pain. And mm-hmm. I realize now that wasn't the case. What I was looking for was I wanted to be safe. Really? And I believed the romantic relationship would make me safe. Mm-hmm. And it was the loss of that feeling of safety that plunged me into the black hole. And that really stems into childhood stuff that I think a lot of us have I, mm-hmm. I see it a lot does mm-hmm. that make any sense well it, it sounds does. like the fear too right right of not feeling yes. safe like it plays right into that world yeah yeah what's, what's interesting is how that dovetails with our the last two guests we had on uh John um, Lipscomb and Adrian Lugo who have a, a book out about significant part of it is based on their childhoods and he he said on last episode something about uh uh a friend of his was talking about their father who was a therapist who said, tell me that person's relationship with their mother and I can tell you all about them or something. Um, I'm, I'm totally misparaphrasing it, but we, we just talk about childhood. I mean, so much of it comes back to childhood and, uh, I'm just wondering if you could share what yours was like. Well, yeah, it's really interesting, and I've been thinking about this a lot as well because I'm a parent now, and it's it's you know, 
you, you, I realize now that I'm a parent that I never even knew what the concept of fear was until I had children. Yeah. You know, that's a completely new, it's a PhD level of fear when yeah. you have children. <laughs> and I, you know, I remember thinking when I held, had my first son that the fear almost overwhelmed me mm-hmm. of, of how much I loved him and, yeah. and the fear of anything happening to yeah. him. Yeah. And I realized that my job as a parent for the rest of my life would be to manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, that it's it would a, never leave me. That's mm-hmm. so funny. You can't describe that, can you? That that you didn't know you were capable of that emotion. It's mm-hmm. it is. No. Yeah, we've all been. No. There. That's great. Well, what's the, what? The, I remember somebody telling me the the, the adage or the, the cliche of when you have a child, it's like your heart's walking around outside your body. But that fear, I can totally uh, relate to it too uh, because I remember uh, like sort of <laughs> at one point it's so it, I was so overtaken by it that I was like thinking of all the different things that could happen at different ages to, yeah. you know, my child. And then yeah. eventually you realize that's no way to live or no way to raise a child. Um, <laughs> Which, hence, your job, is, you realize your job is to manage that. Now, you know yeah. that's never going to leave you, ever. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No. But mean, you have to manage it, otherwise we would be, you know, they wouldn't let them leave the house, ever. Yeah. And a huge part of even this, and, I, you know, I say this regularly, too, was... Um, you know, we all have children here and a huge part of it was, you know, before I started this, I, I had very little real understanding of addiction, recovery, sobriety, um, you know, having done it in the wild, as I like to say. And um, so, you know, I was sort of very regularly in my head writing and revising this script constantly of how I talked to my, my daughter about, um, you know, what might be her her birth right so to speak Mm. um Mm -hmm. and uh you know that's a huge part of my fears for for her it was much less so now i'm you know being much more calm about it do you have those sorts of concerns um yeah you know it's it's funny i'm actually in the process of setting up a new site because i'm extremely interested in parenting and i'm really interested in the angle of parenting as a a parent in recovery Mm -hmm. because i think it is a different angle um and I'm actually setting up a resource site, and it's called Sober Parent, which oh. is going to be about a resource and a community for people like us where mm. we can share resources. You know, there's so many great parent, you know, parenting stuff that mm. I love and books I love and, and all that kind of stuff, but also kind of talk about, or you know, when do we tell our kids about our past and mm. how do we, you know, what do we do and, how, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Because uh, I just, I, I don't, I see there's a lot of really great sites out there and a lot of it is for for parents in very early recovery who are Mm. feeling incredibly guilty and ashamed and want some help and support with that which is you know absolutely necessary I I, I wanted something where I I don't feel like that but I'm concerned and worried and frightened and I want to be the best parent I can be and I want to you know talk connects with people who feel the same way mm-hmm. my sense is i mean your children are gonna grow i don't want to assume but do you do what you do from like a, your home or do you have do you leave the home to, i do what i do from a home office um so my daughter, yeah i wouldn't see clients yeah. at home but okay. yeah I, I work from home so i mean it's very uh in, in a lot of ways you know jeff and matt come over mm-hmm. and 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 we do the podcast and, you know, usually my daughter's just going to bed. And We have pillows uh, that say the recovery <laughs> revolution. But so, so it's become, uh, over the past <laughs> couple of years, very normalized yeah. for her. And, you know, we were sitting at dinner a month or two ago and she was like, what well, is recovery anyway? So, you know, I had the opportunity very naturally to yeah. just give her a, a gentle, you know, five-year-old appropriate primer um, about recovery aspect of it as opposed to the, uh, you know, necessarily the addiction aspect that we've kind of had that talk to. But... Um, so yeah, I'm, I feel much better about it now. But I think a resource like that would be great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping. Uh, I don't know. Mag's Shores of Sober Courage. She just started doing a podcast um, uh, about her life as a a mother of a family in recovery. And my, my sense is she might <laughs> she might reach out to you at some point. Um, oh yeah, I love Mag. I met her at Washington. I'll, I'll yeah. reach out to her. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and is is the new book with the relationship book with parenting? Is that her where it came from, or is it about it's, it's relationship relationships? 
it's going to be about it's primarily going to be about romantic relationships oh, okay. when, when i sort of said that i i realized i couldn't write it until i i really understood about mm -hmm. parenting it was really understanding about child development that that the, the most important oh, right. thing yeah, that yeah. A, that that an infant requires is is um it needs to feel safe that's yeah. why attachment is so vital yeah and without you know, if, if if babies and small children don't have um, significant attachment to a primary caregiver, that's where a lot of the issues start. Um, and I think it's really easy to, I think it's a big mistake to blame parents and parenting for when attachment goes dysfunctional um, and perhaps kids and children don't feel safe mm -hmm. i think it's actually a cultural problem yeah i don't really? think in, a, in our culture we value attachment at all mm -hmm. um and i think that what happens is I, I i mean without going you know too much into my uh, my own family history and i wasn't you know i i just was raised by two people who had no idea what they were doing mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, innocent and, and right? i was about yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I was about 10 years old when I realized that. I thought, you have absolutely mm -hmm. no idea what you're doing. Um, <laughs> I can relate and, to that. And that made me feel unsafe. Yeah. It wow. made me feel frightened and unsafe. So you get into adolescence and you have those mad, I mean, that's, you know, when like not just boys but girls were all thinking about sex all of the time. Yeah. And then we have those incredible feelings when we first have a, you know, connection with someone at, yep. you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever age. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if we come from a place of not feeling safe, those feelings convince us we've found what we're looking for to make us feel safe. Interesting. And then, of course, that person, that 16-year-old kid or whatever, right. is completely unequipped right. to deal with that, yeah. as is any romantic partner yeah. of any age, yeah. and thus the pattern is set. Wow. So did you find yourself Am in I that pattern? Am I making sense? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this was your pattern. That was my pattern, and I see it all the time. Yeah, and so and this was almost something you had to recover from as well, I guess, as much as alcoholism, right? Well, yeah. So at two and a half years sober, when I hit yeah. this rock bottom, it, it was that, and and yeah. I had to. I I just I was so desperate, mm. and I I fa thankfully had someone in my life who did show me a way out, mm. and and everything changed from from there on in. Um, and uh, hence, I'm you know in the longest relationship I've ever had in my life mm -hmm. that's healthy and functioning, yeah. not perfect, but healthy and sure, functioning, yeah, um, which I never would have been able to achieve otherwise because I was just, yeah, I I couldn't stop the pattern. Yeah, I couldn't stop it because I didn't feel fundamentally deep down safe. Once, and this is when I talk about it's you know it's an inside job, it's all internal. <laughs> Once I finally got to that stuff and did that work I felt safe I felt connected mm -hmm. and you know for me you know it was it was a spiritual um it was an internal rearrangement inside of me something happened to my spirit that just it changed it and I then had therefore then had a different reaction wow. to life I no longer had the same reactions and mm -hmm. then I felt different I felt safe and so this was two this was this was your spiritual experience, I guess, in the program. And it was two and a half years so, into yeah. it, yeah, where you just yeah, felt yeah. A, like a different human being. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was I was the kind of person that would um, walk into my office and say, you know, hey, Chris, how was your weekend? And if Chris was like, yeah, fine, I'd think, oh, my God, Chris doesn't like me. What did I say? <laughs> did I say something? I'm still and I would spend, <laughs> I, and I would spend all day obsessing yeah. over whether you like me. What did I say? All that kind of stuff. Now I'm the kind of person that would go in and say, "Hey, Chris, how was your weekend?" If you said, "Yeah, fine," I think, "What's up with Chris?" Yeah, and think no more about it. Yeah, and that was that's the massive internal change that I had is that I realized nothing was ever personal. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. Codependency is a big deal. I I read a book when I first got sober. Melanie Bietti's Codependency No More. Yeah, yeah. And I great book. Great yeah, book. I was just like in the worst emotional state. I felt so, so much shame. And for some reason, that book was like this big bundle of, it just kind of babied me in my hmm. first year. And I don't know if I was needed it or not, but it, make, it made you feel okay no matter what, right? It just made you feel like, all right, you're going to get through this, even though your emotions are totally, totally torn up right now. I think I I had gotten sober because I lost a girl, you know, all romantic stuff. Mm. <laughs> but but it's just one of the and you look back on it, you're like how out of control your emotions were. 
you know, I looked back on it now and it doesn't seem like the same human being. It seems very far away, but it was so raw and real at that time. Internal unmanageability. Yeah, totally. Just I'd given my emotional well-being away to all of it, you know? And, you know, when I, I, I talk about being recovered from alcoholism yeah. because I'm not recovering. Um, and the reason that I'm recovered is specifically because of that is because I now have appropriate emotional responses to events. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, my life is like happy right. every single day. It means if someone dies, I'm sad. Right. If I don't get a job I wanted, I'm disappointed. Those are appropriate emotional responses to events. And that's what I never had before. <laughs> right. You had a that's, that's, you know, in essence, that's right. all recovery is. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So you've boiled this down. You've boiled this God thing down to, I can understand it now. And now I got the whole recovery thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. You said you were good at this, right? This is your gift. I hope I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been fascinating. But um, I do want to ask, so uh, the... the the anxiety, the panic attacks, the depression, those things, um, are those still part of your makeup? When I mean, do those things still show up? Oh, no, no, no. I haven't felt, I haven't had a panic attack for uh, years and years and years. Uh, pr probably um, not since after my kind of emotional rock bottom not long after that no I, I haven't suffered from depression or anxiety or any of those things and do you still go to meetings yeah good it's good <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's great <laughs> no like i'm that. just I'm, I'm i'm thinking you know i i still you know work through uh you know anxiety and, and depression issues and uh, yeah yeah so i think i think you know what's really important um is that for a lot of people those are separate mental health right. issues to alcoholism addiction and need to be treated as right. such by yeah. professionals for other people they're all part of the alcoholism and addiction right. and will clear up with right. the appropriate work and, and i you know I, i'm really not one of these people that you know the steps whatever fix everything right. you know for, for some people that's not the case and they need to have appropriate mental health interventions um, and that's entirely yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. Um, and the other question I want to ask is since we've talked so much about children, when I, when I first had my daughter, I found this book, A uh, Thousand Days of Wonder by Charles Fernieho. Mm -hmm. that? No, I never uh, heard of it. It's fascinating and it's, it's uh, worth taking a look at. Your, your youngest is now he's what going on? Uh, my youngest just turned one. One. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, basically a, a psychologist and I think a child development. When he finally had his uh, first child, he um, documented her first thousand days uh, oh of God. development. It's, it's fascinating. Um, wow. It's a great read. So. Wow, I'll check it out. Uh, but uh, so let's see. We, we talked about a lot. We talked. <laughs> you're, you're definitely a busy, um, busy recovery uh, champion. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I don't know that we, we talked about your books. I don't know if we ever mentioned the titles for people that are interested. Um, we did. We okay, did. We Thank did. you. Okay. Yeah, they're all on Amazon if anybody okay, wants. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so, okay. So Veronica Valley's books are on Amazon and also I'm sure veronicavalley.com has uh, yeah. links to everything, yeah. uh, including your social media presence, unless you want to give any of yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. Fa and Facebook, uh, I think it's addictions expert. Oh, okay. or, or just Veronica Valley, and on Twitter I'm Veronica Valley. When's the uh, relationship book? Oh, I don't know. Um, like, where are you at? Fifty percent done. Oh God, not even close. I'm okay. still in the planning. It. No, I'm not even. I. I yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I'm trying to. I am. I am giving myself permission to uh, concentrate on being a mother, and I'm kind of like just scribbling stuff down as and when I can between naps. But I hope to start serious writing. Oh yeah, you're you're fall. right in the middle of motherhood. You got right. young kids, right? <laughs> One year old, yeah, you got yeah. right. Yeah, it's the most important job in the world, totally. and I just, I, yeah, I you're really deep in it with those with those ages. I often I find in recovery, yeah, I often I find in recovery the whatever the question is that you have, the answer is always balance, always, yeah. and um, that 
the answer of balance will change from day to day, week to week, sometimes hour to hour. And and it's always about getting your balance right. Mm-hmm. And and it's, you know, my balance pie is, you know, significant percentage is just being a mother and being mm-hmm. there to connect and attach with my children. And then there's a little bit of, you know, doing stuff for myself and some professional stuff. Mm-hmm. That will change. And I know that. But that's where my balance pie is right now. Mm-hmm. Very good. But I'm desperate to get it out. I bet. Right. Yeah, no, I know. It sounds like you found. Well, it's great. I mean, I always think it's great. Like when you find your next book and you've got this next project yeah. and it just becomes yeah. this thing that you got to get going yeah. on. That's, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. You still have the same editor? Yes, I have a world-class <laughs> okay. editor. She's absolutely brilliant. I'm so lucky to have her. Yeah, good. Well, That's cool. good. Thank you for uh, sharing a, a slice of that, that pie with us um, and uh, joining us on the podcast. I know. It's so good to talk to you. Yeah, I know. Thank so you, guys. It's been awesome. It. It's yeah, awesome. thank you. I it's been apologizes. Um, he, he just couldn't make it. He, he had, uh, you know, his uh, we, two out of three of us have day jobs. And, uh, yeah. And so he just, he, he had to, to... Actually, I don't have a day job anymore. Well, I'm completely... I'm just like, just like, okay, so one out of three, <laughs> one of, out of three of us. That's bad, day. man. 33% <laughs> of the <laughs> team actually is a uh, positive system. The other two of us just like slack around. <laughs> well, Chris actually works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway. We, well, it's we, been a blast. Thank you so much. I've loved uh, chatting to you. I could chat to you for ages. Yeah. I know. It's been true. We'll That's have to have you on again. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes Love it's just to. like an hour is not enough. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, we want to keep people uh, wanting more. So, and yeah. uh, next time, uh, I'm sure we'll, it'll take fewer than, uh, you know, four tries to, to get together. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Veronica, and uh, have a good night. And um, yeah, I'll Same have to this you? out tomorrow. Thanks. All right. Bye, Take Veronica. care. Bye bye. Hello, what is your name, and what would you like to hear? Okay, hold on. All right, everybody. Just right. wrote something down. Now, hold on. You you named it. And we may rename it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could rename it every week. But it started with an R. It's Recovery Requests. Recovery Requests. Recovery Requests. This is the new one. This is our new section for the thing. And we get requests every week from listeners all throughout the world. And they call us leave messages. They tweet us. They DM us. And tonight we have one from our friend I, I, in and India. Ideally, in India. I don't know. Where is it from? <laughs> and ideally, I'm hoping people call the line 507-556-7271, which is actually K-N-S-K-L-N-S-B-R-1 on your phone. Um, yeah. To, and, and leave these. Comment on anything. us. Comment on get past guests. Comment on anything we've talked about or ask us a question you want answered. Yep. It doesn't have to be super heavy. It can be recovery-related, addiction-related. Yep. Know that we're not professionals right we're just three but we act like jag off sitting in a room talking <laughs> about recovery all right so um, but it'd be good if you call because then we can put your voice on the exact podcast that'd be um, cool okay and uh, yeah it's, it's a voicemail so uh set up anyway enough babble so here's the thing so i i put that out there and um a long time listener uh i was gonna say long time listener first time tweeter yeah um <laughs> uh his his handle on on Twitter's DMB is my sanity, and uh, his name's Jeff, and his uh, sober story is up on the site actually. Not not Jeff S, the other Jeff. Yep. Um, but uh, I realized he had he had tried to participate in this almost like a year ago um, with a, with a tweet that you know how DMs are everybody on Twitter that things things get lost in DMs sometimes so. Yeah. Anyway, a year later, we're really? answering Jeff's question. Uh, DMB is misanity. We promised to shorten that time span for the next round. And it won't he, take us a year. Yeah, and it also won't take us a year to set up the segment, okay. um, as I just did, and we did with talking about it. So Jeff asks, yep. what do you say to people, in this case, um, I don't know if he wants to say who asks him, but let's say a family member that says, well, you never should have done drugs in the first place. Ooh. I've never done a drug in my life. Yep. Okay, people are just weak-minded. What do you say to people like that? So that's a very that's um, a good question. 
sort of retrograde, yep. uh, old, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say it's old school, but I feel like there are plenty of people and that's yeah. still have that. Re- the Republican Party. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, but sorry. This isn't a political show. <laughs> I'm but, sorry. But um, it's wrong. It's, there are people that have crazy beliefs that you think wouldn't think that anymore because you think that people would know that this is a disease, right. but there's not everyone's like that. There are a significant, a significant. I don't even know. I don't even know what you know. If we had to like, uh, if there's there's probably surveys out there about yes. what percentage of people think it's still a moral issue. Why can't you just stop? Exactly. What's your problem? Um, I stopped. Right, or I didn't start. I never case. started. Yeah. So okay. So his question is, what what do we say to those people? Well, yes. Jeff, you you you, you want to? Yes, I would say, like I would say, if this just happened, this that that we don't. This is a disease. We have a disease, just like you'd have any kind of disease. You were born with this thing. People have diabetes; they take a shot. I have alcoholism; I can't stop drinking once I start. I right? can't take a shot. I can't take a shot for it, so I have to do this. It's not a moral um, issue, right? Yeah, and you know, it's well. So that's uh, you know to to. Use the. I wish we had shots though. (laughs) Oh, a shot we could take? I think that's coming. Like a B12 Um, shot. But, uh, you know, I think despite that sort of uh, what we all know now, or I shouldn't even say we all know because we all don't, like even within the recovery community, even within the addiction community, there's still um, discussion about disease or not. So I I think think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's but like what many of us know and believe. Do you think you were an alcoholic before you ever took a drink? Like when you were born? Yes. Me too. Yes. Okay. Do you think I was an alcoholic before I took a I drink? I think you no. were an alcoholic yeah. when you were born. No. <laughs> I, I absolutely do. I absolutely think there's a genetic component. Okay. I actually absolutely think, no, I can trace it in my family tree. Yep. Um, and, you know, there are people out there, again, in the... And I, I know we're dancing your question, or I am, but... Um, that would even suggest uh, that after all this time, and I've had it suggested to me by a prominent person in the greater recovery sphere that's more of a moderation harm reductionist, that I could probably safely start drinking again, which I think is a little absurd. Um, so what would I say to the person that says, well, you never should have done drugs in the first place. I've yeah. never had a drug in my life. Yeah. <sighs> Drink. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I just think there, there's... You missed out too bad because it was <laughs> fun for a while. Right. Let's and, uh, go you know, do I, some blow and figure this out. Well, and that's that's something that... That's, I don't know that that's, we ever really talk about that, but I, I don't have regret. I don't regret. Yeah. I, tr- I don't really have regrets. Um, yeah, right. You I know, it's what's done is done. You're on I, your journey. And try this to, is, yeah. Yep. But um, what would I say to that person? Um I'd say that while there are elements of it, oh no, that's, that's too long-winded. Yeah. I'm trying to put myself in the p- position where there's, in my, my mind, I see a... a cantankerous old grandpa. Cantankerous old, yeah, Uncle. grandpa. Yeah. Um, God damn it, boy. That's not buying any of it. Yeah. Um, you know, m- maybe you're right. I, I probably shouldn't have because... I'm an alcoholic addict, yeah, right? Um, and uh, you know, it. it uh, but oh, man, I you know this is this is hard. I think harder than I thought because I, I don't know what I'd say to that person. That, that I'm trying to say something that I think would make sense and would end the conversation. But yeah, to your point, I don't know if there is something that would do that. I would say you're probably right. I shouldn't have, but the fact of the matter is, I did. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, and uh, but he's know. and he's saying drugs. And drugs, yeah, yeah but like none of it. Alcoholic addict. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have done any of it. And no, should like, really, Grandpa? You've never picked up a drink, right. like mate. You have missed out. That's funny. I don't know if I ever. I, I don't know if I ever came across that, but I've heard, I've had lots of people heard these stories in meetings where people have said, yeah, their parents or mm-hmm. have said those things to them. Why can't you just stop drinking? Mm-hmm. It's, I I never picked up, and it's just yeah, it's like one of those issues that. It's it's literally, you know, just as we were explained, the nature of the disease when we got into Alcoholics Anonymous or when you get into mm-hmm. recovery or at some point you come across this idea of you can't stop because you right. have no control over it. Right. Right. 
So it's it's not a choice. Well, there was no choice in the matter. No, certainly not. Once you start, and I once never that, had a choice. That bio neurological chemical process has been triggered within you, yeah. right? At a certain point, you are dependent on the substance. Um, whether or not that initial you know picking up, you know, could have been avoided or should have been avoided by some absolute you know Puritan that has never done a drug in their life. Well, yeah. if they haven't had a drink, then okay that's that can't can't necessarily argue with that but if you've had a drink you have picked up a drug in your life yeah and the other thing that i've come to learn in the past couple of years is that you know uh, uh addiction's a spectrum yep. alcoholism's a spectrum yeah specifically with alcoholism something like one in ten of people on that spectrum have the disease of alcoholism Nine you know, out of ten. The, the nine out of ten are on the spectrum of alcohol use disorder. Yes. And you know, there's probably, you know, five through nine probably have significant trouble, and yeah. you know, one, two, three, and four, um, you know, uh, can probably do okay uh, at some point with moderation. Uh, All right, and people, I think we should tell we, anyone who's listening to this, and you have a better answer. You should call and tell us the answer. That's we'll a great idea. It, Thank right? you, because we stumbled through our first one, and yeah. I feel. And people, there's good answers to this. You know, people have this. Besides and, punching your uncle in the face, and or, people are weak-minded. Yeah, I don't even know how to respond to that because it just that, that doesn't. That's that's an insult. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get the the first part of it. I understand. You shouldn't have done done in the first place. And I understand people's confusion. Quite frankly, yep. I don't understand the judgment. I understand people's confusion. Yeah. The general public that don't have a substance abuse issue or know someone with one and understand what it is for their person they know or care about. Yeah. You know, second part of that, people are just weak minded. That's just an insult. And yeah. I, I think the way I'd respond to that is probably, you know, yeah. depending on how I'm feeling, like, you know, fuck you. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the answer. Fuck so you. Know, that's fuck it. You we're, and we're warming up this segment. Yeah. A lot of what, what uh, we do on the podcast, a lot of what we do on the site, uh, you know, it just it, it, it comes as we decide to do it. It's unfiltered. Um, I, <laughs> I got a little bit of a negative response to my sort of unfiltered forward to the newsletter this week. I liked and, your I liked your well, newsletter because I know you and I was like, oh, that's really good. I yeah. thought it was sharp. It, it was, uh, you know, I just thought yeah. it was good. Like you could tell like it was a point of view. You're cantankerous. Yeah. And the like when you get like we're just, that. Du- we're just dudes. We're just people in recovery. Just yeah, I like being like who that. we are. So, uh, Jeff, uh, DMB is my sanity. I apologize for the rambling answer a year late. <laughs> so was, I hope it was worth waiting for. Um, but, you know, all of this, we're, we're going to enter our, to our third year, like the beginning of June. And we're trying. Hopefully we're getting better at it. And we're trying to add new things, new angles, new takes. And um, appreciate you. Uh, keep listening. And Matt will be back. Uh, next week when we will have your sister sister. this is going to be a huge show big one don't miss it is excited to come okay bye bye yes I like it Another clean and sober intervention.